0: Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Game Point Pod. My name is Fata, and I got my brother Gazin with me. This is a special episode. It is our 10th episode. Could you believe that? 10. Man, 10. Dees. I don't know how to say it in Spanish, but I'm trying to get creative here.
1: (laughs) We didn't get kicked off the air yet.
0: Right, right, and we're still in demand. Some of you may feel that it's a premature celebration, but you can only hit 10 once and we'll always cherish it. How are you feeling,
1: Yazin? What's oh, poppin'? Man, and double digit episodes, man. Who would have thought? Who yeah. would have thought? I am I'm hyped, my friend. Yeah, and
0: there's nothing better than to talk about a lot of things that's on the agenda today. We're gonna to be talking about all-star starters to players being released in the open market, to dunks, to all kinds of stuff. Let's get started. And one thing I'd like to reiterate is that we drop beats harder than EDM DJs out here. So you know the drill. Drop the beat. So on this week's segment of Run That, the All-Star starters have been revealed last Thursday on TNT. The players for the East goes as follows. You got Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, KD as a leading vote-getter, so he was nominated as captain, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. And as for the West, we have Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James being the leading vote-getter in the West as captain, we got Nikola Jokic, and we got the claw Kawhi Leonard. What are your thoughts on the results? Any surprises thus far?
1: Man, two things. First off, my boy Damian Lillard got robbed of an all-star starter yet again. The disrespect this man has to endure in his NBA career is just unfathomable. He's having an amazing year right now with his team playing super well without CJ McCollum. He's dropping just absolute buckets on every team that comes his way. And he still can't be named an all-star starter. He got voted out by Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, hey, Luka Doncic is having a great year, but Damian Lillard is far surpassing what Luka Doncic is doing right now. I, I'm just, I don't know how he, he gets snubbed again. I saw that he was tied with Luka, and then the tiebreaker went to the fan vote, which is like, okay, whatever, that's their rules. But the fact that he was even that close to begin with is like, it's kind of criminal to me.
0: Stop playing with my name. I ain't going to say it no more. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, With regards to the West, uh, to me, it wasn't really a surprise either. From my expectations, it turned out to be true in terms of the starters that I predicted. However, you're right. There is a fair statement that Dame should have started over Luka Doncic, and as a result, due to recency bias, I started to sympathize with that narrative. Dame should have been an all-star starter, and it's just unfortunate that he has to deal with the behemoth that is the Western Conference with all these talented players, you know, all-star worthy and like you said, they were tied, right? Luka Doncic and Dame, and it went to the fan vote. And the fans, obviously, are going to adore a young a young star like Luka Doncic. And it's just unfortunate it had to go that way. Because if you're an NBA junkie into the game of basketball, you know what Damian Lillard has done for the game of basketball. And just the outstanding MVP-like performances he's putting in day in, day out, with literally no CJ McCullum, no Nurkic, playing with a bunch of B-level players and still being able to stay afloat in the Western Conference, I mean, kudos
1: to him. And I know he's going to be an All-Star. It's just unfortunate that he can't get that extra nod, you know? Still, to this day, it just just doesn't... It boggles my mind. And also, Kyrie Irving missed about half of the season thus far and was named an All-Star starter. Can we talk about that? Like, really? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean...
1: Honestly, from my side,
0: I I don't have really any issues regarding the results on the East. I personally thought Bradley Beal, KD, Embiid, and Giannis were undisputed locks. I was on the bubble between Kyrie and Trey Young once they cut off the voting because after that, Trey Young wasn't really like relevant at that point. Uh, but considering the media and the fan vote combined to be seventy five percent of the weight, and the perception that Kyrie has put on himself this season, I thought he wouldn't make it, but Again, I'm not really mad at it considering from a talent level, Kyrie is one of the best, if not the best point guard in the East, but I could see why people can resent to that because he has missed some time on the floor and, you know, awarding, you know, such a prestige honor in the all-star game to someone like Kyrie versus someone like Trey Young who or whoever has been playing every single game. I could see why someone could feel somewhat slighted by it, but Again, all star games are a popularity contest. I much rather see Kyrie play than Trey Young, to be honest. So that's
1: why I ain't too mad at it. I mean, like, <clears throat> I don't mind them both making the team, and we're going to discuss who we think our all star reserves are going to be in a bit. But I mean, when we're talking starters, like, it's, it is, of course, everyone gets to the game that deserves to be in the game. But it is also, it, it's part of their, it's on their resume that they get named an all star starter. You know, they get that draft, that, Team LeBron versus now, I guess this weird it's Team Durant. Uh, you know that you know fantasy draft, and that that's cool. Like to be named an All Star starter, that's you know these guys really tip their hats to themselves to 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 be named an All Star starter. So again, tip for Damian Lillard to this you know deep into his career to still not be named, and for Kyrie to be named, I, I don't even know if he's played ten games. You know, like it's he's missed a lot of time, you know, and, and a lot of guys are a lot more deserving than him. He is deserving. Sure. He's one of the best in the world. But for a starter, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, if you think so, then who do you think should replace Kyrie in the all-star starter position?
1: Ooh, um, you know, I would I'd probably look at a guy like, you know, Jalen Brown, who's who has uh he's really playing really well this year for for Boston. Boston's not doing super great so maybe that like tainted them a little bit. Uh but not due to him. He he's he's putting in the numbers. You know there's a there's a lot of guys who who could have been named in that guard spot, but yeah, for me to for Kyrie to be named a starter and for Dame not to be named a starter, everyone's going to have their gripes, but those are my gripes.
0: Yeah, and I think realistically speaking the only option for that position would probably be Trey Young considering the fan vote. I think he was the closest out of any other point guard candidate so to speak. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not mad at it. I want to see the best players on the floor regardless of what they do off the floor. So, it should be in for a dandy, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, um, it'll be a fun game and it's going to be back at the uh that Kobe Bryant tribute um format which last year we saw was amazing. Hopefully they got rid of the You know, a free throw ends the game because that was ridiculous. (laughs) But other than that, like, it was really fun to watch that. So regardless, I'm going to be excited. The fact that we're even getting an all-star game during a pandemic is pretty cool. Uh, An all-star weekend in general is just one of my favorite times of the year. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's going to be a good game.
0: No doubt, no doubt. And that leads to our second part of the question. Let's predict the all-star reserves for both the East and the West, as they will be announced tomorrow on TNT. From my side, I know it was really tough from the East standpoint because there's so many dope players, but limited roster spots available. So I can probably talk about what I was able to cook up from a a roster standpoint for the All-Star Reserves for the East. The first person I have is James Harden. Despite the fact he has to limit his workload, it oddly made him better for some reason. And the one thing that was a knack on his game Over the course of his career was the efficiency on the offensive end, and since joining the Nets, Harden has been averaging 25, 11, and 8 on nearly 50, 40, 90 splits. To me, he's done more than enough in his brief time with the Brooklyn Nets to make the All-Star game. The second guy that I have is actually two guys, the two Js, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Despite underperforming as a team, those two guys have been playing exceptionally well for most of the year especially Jalen Brown, who has elevated his game to becoming one of the top ISO players in the Eastern Conference. And hopefully he can enjoy his first all-star ticket. The third guy that I have on my list is, or fourth guy rather, since I'm considering the two Boston players, is Ben Simmons. He's been monumental in Philly's hot start and finally imposing his will by scoring at a high clip in the paint. And to me, it really showed that both Embiid and Simmons can coexist because there's always been a question over the last couple of years with regards to that
1: now do as you have do you have ben simmons as a front court player or a guard or a wild card because his position is pretty fluid in the nba i don't really know what he plays
0: i would place him as a wild card to be honest because it really depends um the east from my list there's a lot more forwards that i would be selecting than guards in my list so with that said i think we're gonna have to see how things balance out and Whichever has the least amount, I think that's where I'm going to place Ben Simmons. And I'm hoping that the NBA takes that route. But the next guy that I have on my list, which is <laughs> someone that you really endear. Say it. Say it. Oh, it's so tough. Say it. His name is Rulius Jandel. Yes! And, uh, <laughs> he said it. You see, no, you see how I chopped his name off? I said Lizzie. Julius Jandel.
1: Julius Gandel, <laughs> Julian, whatever you want to call him. That's my
0: guy. All right, all right. I'm going to I'm going to stop with the jokes here. I'll say Julius Randall. I'm not going to lie, he's been impressing me this year with this play so far this season. Despite the fact my feeling is that he's just eating off a bad team, but they're in the playoff hunt, so I got to give him kudos. I am curious as to once the young players start to develop to see if he can exist where multiple mouths need to be fed with only one basketball. So I'm really curious on what you think about that.
1: I mean, he's been making it work thus far. Uh, he's the offense still runs through him. He he's a bully, man. He's like he got big. His moves it, it, last year, like he was he was a Beyblade, like you you know appropriately call your boy Pascal Siakam. He was a Beyblade. He he'd run into defenses, spin, lose the ball. Now, no, no, no. You give him the ball on the post he'll float it up over you. He'll power, he'll get right underneath the basket. His three-point clip, he's shooting a better three-point clip than Damian Lillard is this season, which is incredible. Uh yeah. So, while I do have that understand, you know, belief that like maybe once the younger guys start cooking a little bit and they start getting more comfortable that it might be harder, but regardless, he said he wants to be there long-term. So, I think it's very easy for the team to be like, "Okay, we can we can hitch our wagon to you and, and build around you and let everyone else develop. So, yeah, I'm I'm so grateful that you said Julius Randall, because I really thought you were going to admit him and we were going to have a fight.
0: <laughs> well, if I really want to keep it real, I hope he's a snub. But just for the viewers, I got to be realistic here. Oh, you know? my God. He's done his thing. He's been hooping. You know, let me give him his flowers. Giving right nice <laughs> the The next guy that I have is a guy that a lot of people have been really buzzing about, and that is Zach Levine. My man, you finally made it. Finally getting the recognition you deserve. You know, he's ascended to stardom, in my opinion. Dude has been flat out balling for the Chicago Bulls, putting up what feels like a 40-piece every week. He is definitely an all-star regardless of the team success, and, you know, he's doing his thing, and I hope he can somehow get to a better situation if, The Chicago Bulls don't do him justice. And I just want to see how much more his game can elevate with playing with elite players. With that said, he's still still an all-star to me, and that's my seven. However, I do have a wild card um, or a a quote-unquote sleeper pick, and that's Fred Van Vliet. To me, he's been nothing short of amazing this year as he's averaging north of 20 and dishing eight assists per game, and he's developing into a premier defender at the point guard position. I think he's like third in the NBA in steals. Total all-round game, solid, and one of the reasons why the Raptors have been merged into the Eastern Conference playoff race. And I believe yesterday was the last day for coaches to vote, and he's been on a tear over the last week. So I'm really hoping that that might be more than enough to push him in. But like I said, I won't be surprised if he doesn't make it because there's just a plethora of great players that are going to be representing the East Reserve. So that's my seven. I think,
1: I think you might be so is fred van vliet your official seventh
0: uh no because i did ha- i did highlight jalen brown and jason tatum at the
1: same time so um, i think you might he, be down i still think that's i think that's seven you had harden brown tatum uh simmons, simmons randall, randall levine. levine that's seven that is seven okay you know and then van
0: fleet would be my sleeper pick if he was able to slip in but I don't know. Like you said, um, we'll see. Uh, coaches are kind of different in terms of how they value their players. They like to see guys who are, you know, on the floor day in, day out, putting their hearts on their sleeves, you know, playing as a leader, showing maturity. Uh, and I feel like Van Fleet was able to demonstrate all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he made it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it either because, you know, the Raptors have gone to a slow start and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what the coaches think of it. Was there anything that you would like to talk about with regards to the East?
1: Yeah, so mine is, is pretty similar to yours. I, just, I think I may have one change. So uh, I did have Harden and Brown at my guards. So, just for the listeners, uh, we're not just choosing random players. We have to pick two guards, three front court players, and then two wildcard players who doesn't matter what their position is. Um, so, my two guards were also uh, James Harden and Jalen Brown. It's self-explanatory. They have their teams up, you know, top of the East. Harden, despite his reduced role, is is playing well enough to to deserve an All Star nod. Maybe even an All Star starter over Kyrie. Maybe he's the one who should have been the All Star starter. But regardless, those two guys are in the um, are in the backcourt. Uh, my three frontcourt players: uh, Jason Tatum, definitely one of them. He's along with Jalen Brown, the future of that team, and you know he has that team afloat. I gotta go with my boy Julius Randle. You know, Rulius Jandel, as you call him, he's, he's he's my top guy. I wish he was a starter, but I understand that he wasn't. And as long as he makes it in, I'm, I'm okay with that. What more can be said? The team is seventh right now. They're, you know, half a game under 500. They're, they're keeping afloat. They almost, almost collapsed against the worst team in the league, the Timberwolves. They had an 18-point lead going into the fourth, and they were down by one with about three minutes to go. But that team has grit. That team has you know dirt under their nails. They're they're not a pretty team to watch, but they get it done. So Julius Randle, salute to you, my captain. He's I could uh, relate to that. Oh, yeah. With the,
0: with the with the Raptors nearly collapsing to the T Wolves. I've seen it twice already over the last two weeks, and it's
1: been brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did lose once. Let me just remind you. But yeah. Yep. True. True. But so so I had Tatum and Randle. My third front court player is actually uh, Demontis Sabonis. He is the star right now in Indiana and just, you know, Indiana trading away Oladipo and kind of looking to go young and, and, and to really, uh, you know, change the outlook of this team. And Sabonis has been absolutely on a tear. He's the really the sole reason why this team is in the playoff hunt right now and winning games. He's a double, double machine. He's been putting up numbers, you know, night in and night out. And I think he deserves another all-star nod. My two wild cards. Uh, I did agree with Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is, I, I saw a stat a couple of days ago where he's having like a, a point tear unlike anyone since Michael Jordan in, in Chicago history. Like he's averaging mm-hmm. you know, well over 30 points and in, in, in like a, a one week uh, sp- uh, spread and he's, he's hit 40 like he's, he's playing at, at a phenomenal clip. The bulls are not supporting him whatsoever. They're on the outside looking in right now, but it is not due to him. You know, like you said, I hope to see him in a winning situation uh, and his name is always going to be at, in, you know, in the trade rumors. So, Hats off to Zach Levine for making the best out of a a bad situation and and hopefully getting an all-star nut. And my second wild card, now this might come to a surprise to some people, but I have Jeremy Grant as my second wild card. It it came down to, you know, in the mix. Yeah, Middleton was in the mix. Bam Adebayo was in the mix. But uh, Jeremy Grant is, despite the fact that he's playing on one of the worst teams in the league, the Detroit Pistons, has shown out unbelievably, and he will probably be in the mix for uh, most improved player of the year this year, without a doubt. He's the reason why his team has been in games at all. He's averaging twenty three and a half points. You know, he's averaging almost double. Uh, he's averaging five rebounds, and like his his PAR is pretty good too. Is at eighteen point two. So he's everyone was kind of poo pooing his signing, and oh my god, they signed all these big guys, and how are they going to work? I don't care about all the other big guys. Jeremy Grant's making it work there in in Detroit. Maybe it's because he's in like a bit of an abyss where there's no talent and he's the only good guy there. And, you know, he's putting up numbers and it's kind of inflated a little bit. But regardless, you know, this is an all star, uh, you know, vote. And I think he's been playing at a clip comparable to a lot of. A lot of these top players, and especially with Blake Griffin on the outs, we still haven't figured out where he's going yet, um, as we discussed last week. So you're going to see more of Jeremy Grant. I think, you know, it, it would be it would be cool to see him at that final wildcard spot. Wait, so you're
0: saying that Jason Tatum wouldn't make the All-Star reserves?
1: No, I had Tatum. Yes, I had Tatum.
0: Okay, so so I'm just trying to compare it to my list to see, oh, you didn't have Ben Simmons.
1: I did not have Ben Simmons, yes. Ooh. First team, first in the East. Philly's doing well. Philly's the best team in the East, but not due to Ben Simmons. That's all on Joel Embiid, the MVP candidate. I mean, let's be honest. Simmons is averaging, what, 15, 8, and 8? But if it's not for Embiid, that team is not as good as they are. So I got to give Embiid his props on on Philly's success, despite how well uh, Simmons is playing. But I just like the individual play of Jeremy Grant just a little bit more.
0: But you also got to think of, you know, Ben Simmons' defensive ability. Like, I mean, he he has been known to be a suffocating defender on the elite side, just playing superb. So no. that's monumental, and that's monumental to Philly's success so far because offensively, I mean, it's just about Embiid, and that's about it, you know what I mean? I think maybe like the the third best player on, on their team is what, Tobias Harris, and the fourth one is Seth Curry. Like, you're not going to make the finals and win a championship with Seth Curry being your, the fourth best player on your team, right? I think, I think it's more so uh, as a testament to their defense. I mean, they, they've been pretty good defensively with Joel Embiid in, in the middle and, you know, and Ben Simmons being able to suffocate those elite wing players and point guards with his size and his, and his ability. So that's something that needs to be accounted for.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it was it was very close, and a lot of people are going to say team success is over individual success, uh, and and I agree with that argument to an extent. But you got to give like we're we're giving guys their flowers here, so we got to give Jeremy Grant his flowers.
0: Sure, that's fair. All
1: right, so uh, let's just shift gears to the West. Who do you have as your Western All Star reserves? Yeah, so the West. I mean, gosh, we thought the East was hard. The West is just a. Uh, a bevy of of talent here guards i don't think anyone is going to debate the two guard spots damian lillard donovan mitchell we've already discussed damian uh, lillard to you know to the nth degree uh donovan mitchell we discussed a couple weeks ago about how he's the reason why the jazz are the best team in the league right now they're still on a tear you know we had kind of thought mm, maybe they might not be no they've they've shut me up at least Yes, then Donovan Mitchell has been one of the reasons why they shut me up. So those two guards, I don't think anyone is touching them uh, at either guard spot. They're 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 complete locks. Three front court players. Uh, first one is Paul George. You know, we discussed that. I actually had Paul George over. I forgot who it was, but I actually had Paul George as my All Star starter because his numbers were were to me more impactful than Kawhi's numbers. Because Kawhi, you know what you're getting with Kawhi Leonard. You know what kind of offense he's producing you know how he's gonna play on defense paul george is a little different he is he like we've said is he pandemic pg is he is he the real pg who is who's paul george right now so he's playing like the old paul george and i I gotta give him the first front court nod because you know he's him and, and Kawhi are finally looking like they're gelling and he's playing well and you know it looks good for him so i have him there uh my other two front court players rudy gobert the you know the signatory of one of the weirdest contracts, but he looks like he's playing up to it. He's he's earning every penny that uh, that was given to him. Despite what Shaq thinks, uh, Rudy Gobert is playing at a high clip. He's along with Donovan Mitchell is one of the reasons why that team is playing as well as it is. So I got to put him as uh, in there as well. Uh, my other front court player is Zion Zion Williamson. He's he's finally coming into form. We saw him just against the uh, the Celtics, absolutely just son Tristan Thompson just just gave him the work, just backed it up into him and threw it down. Like Zion Williamson is is starting, and this is going to sound a little weird. He's starting to understand his body, right? Like he's he's starting to know how to use it. His body's a weapon. He's a battering ram. He's a tank. He runs through you, and you know he, he's learning how to, you know, protect himself from the wear and tear, but also just still yam it on you. So uh, Zion Williamson, twenty-five points a game, six point seven, six point eight point rebounds a game. The the Pelicans are not playing super great, um, but no, like Zion Williamson definitely All Star to me. Uh, And then we have our wild cards and the wild cards are actually kind of hard for me. I I really, if I found it very tough to, to figure out who my wild cards are. So I'm going to go with the backcourt from the Suns, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Chris Paul is actually very underrated this year in how efficient he's been. And we've seen that the Suns are now, you know, one of the top five teams in the Western conference. To me, he's playing better than Booker (laughs) to be honest. And, and and that's saying something at 36 years old or something. So uh, I got to put both of them up there. It was hard for me to not give the nod to De'Aaron Fox. He's kind of the only other person I thought could make it. Maybe, you know what, if you give me five more minutes, I might convince myself to replace Booker with Fox. But as of now, I'm going to keep it the way it is. You might convince me otherwise by, by the end of this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punt it off to you.
0: Your list is pretty accurate to mine. I mean, I have Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell. Their play speaks for itself. I mean, like I mentioned, Damian Lillard has been balling with the absence of CJ and Nurkic. Donovan Mitchell has propelled the Jazz to number one in the, in the West. Picked up where he left off. Career highs in points, assists, rebounds, field goal percentage, big year. As for the forwards, I do agree with you with Paul George. He definitely rebounded from his horrendous play last season. Now striving as a second fiddle to Kawhi. And again, he's still going through some lingering injuries, but he's done way more than enough to earn a nod in in the All-Star game. And I don't know if that may impact later on as to whether he might be replacing the All-Star game, but that's another discussion for another day. I had Rudy Gobert as well, as you mentioned. It's a big reason why the Jazz are number two in defensive rating. He's been very important to the Jazz, as like Donovan Mitchell is. So kudos to him on that. I had Zion Williamson, obviously, his, he was able to utilize his size, as you mentioned, and he will finally get his first nod into the All Star game, averaging 25 and 7 on 62% field goal. And I, wanted, I wanna really emphasize on this because in today's three point shooting NBA, it's very impressive that a 21 year old is able to score twos at such a high rate and can still impose his mark on any game. And that goes to the testament as to like what kind of talent he is and where he could go with this talent. So I'm really looking forward to how Zion will develop as a player in this league and as a star. And then I did have Chris Paul and Devin Booker as as a backcourt. The one thing I really wanted to talk about was Chris Paul in this regard, because Chris Paul might be like some kind of franchise whisperer, because ever since he's gone to the league, I feel like he's been blessing like these sorry franchises, starting from you know the New Orleans Hornets to the lowly Clippers who haven't been making the playoffs and they finally were perennial playoff teams to going to the Houston Rockets and finally being able to get to the Western Conference finals since the mid 90s and then taking a literally a team of daycare kids to the playoffs in Oklahoma City to now reviving the Phoenix Suns like i mean like there's nothing more i can really illustrate about Chris Paul's impact on the floor and that deserves a nod as Phoenix are really in the thick of things in the Western Conference,
1: they don't and, they don't call him Point God for a reason. They don't oh call yeah man point God for no reason.
0: <laughs> he's been blessing them. He's been blessing them, and obviously Devin Booker is a byproduct of that. And he's been he's been balling as well. And I feel like it, it comes to a point where, you know, he might be that guy that can become a perennial All Star moving forward. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. My like my sleeper picks, despite the fact that Anthony Davis isn't playing well he's still averaging all-star numbers, averaging, I think, like 23 points and eight rebounds. And the Lakers are second in the West. And I can't say that that it's all LeBron with regards to that success. The team, for the most part, has been playing fairly well, but eighty is still an important part to this team. So if he were to be a sleeper, I can see him barely making it on my end. But if he isn't selected, I won't claim it as a snub, to be honest, because, you know, obviously from an eye test, when you see how dominant AD has been over the course of his career, you look at this year, you think it's a down year. But statistically speaking, he's still doing pretty well. It's just that it's not up to his standards.
1: Yeah, I think that's a byproduct of like guys who are so good for so long. And then when they have like a little bit of a down year, comparatively speaking to their own success, despite the fact that it's still a good year compared to everybody else, then they kind of look down on it. I had the same reason. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't pick AD at a, I, as well. Oh, uh, he probably is deserving, and there are a lot of lists that'll probably have him on, and he he might make it. I mean, there's a very good chance he does. But you know, given that how well he plays just normally, and that he isn't up to par right now, that's that's probably why.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing all this talent get on the floor and just give us a show. You know, I mean it's been it's been a while since we saw our last All Star game. Considering the pandemic makes it makes it feel like it's been two years since I saw that all-star game post Kobe, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And we'll see what the health and safety protocols, it's going to get real interesting how they're able to manage it from an NBA
1: standpoint. Absolutely. But Hey man, all-star weekend or all-star day now this year, cause it's only one day. We can't wait. Let's go. Let's go. Let's fast forward now. Yeah, seriously. Let's get it. The next uh, question
0: that we would just want to briefly discuss is, Some news that broke recently, the Timberwolves have fired Ryan Saunders and have hired Toronto assistant coach Chris Flynn, signed him to a multi-year deal after the Minnesota Timberwolves have gone on to an abysmal 7-24 start. As we are aware, they're really loaded with talent, with guys like D'Angelo Russell, which again, I do understand he's injured, but they have D'Angelo Russell, they got the number one draft pick, Anthony Edwards, they got Caronty Towns, and a lot of good caliber role players to kind of make their mark. With that being said, do you think that with this new hire that the Minnesota Timberwolves can turn things around or being able to build a foundation to see success in the near future?
1: I mean, I, I got, I got to say they did Ryan Saunders pretty dirty. I, I got to say, I know he's his, his record. You think so is, I think so. He you I think know they what? let the leash
0: on for too long. Really? I don't think he deserved to be an interim head coach to begin with because he was just like he was with the franchise because his dad was with the franchise he didn't really have any credentials that I remember as you know. I understand he was an assistant coach, but like he didn't really so much There was a lot of guys out there in the market that could have been that head coach in Minnesota, but ryan Saunders didn 't really have a resume to prove that he was
1: worthy of that of that of that position so i, I didn 't really feel sorry for him while i while I agree with that. We talked about you briefly mentioned that he has a, a kind of a, a somewhat low, talented roster. I mean, he has D'Angelo Russell, he has Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and he has Anthony Edwards among others. He only got D'Lo and Cat on the floor for five games out of his entire tenure there in Minnesota. So, pre D'Angelo Russell was your your favorite player, Andrew Wiggins. Oh no, you did it! No, you did what was that? Cat. And, you know, we know how that went and, you know, the whole trade for Jimmy Butler and and how that went. And he never his roster never stabilized, I don't think. And they never stayed healthy. uh, But at the same time, you know, I think it's more indicative of Minnesota's management than its coaching because they've been historically bad for the last few years. They've been the worst team stats uh, uh, record-wise over the last three or four seasons along the 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 likes of the Pistons and the Cavaliers and you know they there's something intrinsically wrong with how that franchise is currently run Uh, you have a ton of talent yeah maybe they're not healthy but it doesn't look like they fit well together there's no real direction Cat is kind of sputtering right now they haven't really put the right guys around him and I don't know if a coaching change will change I, I don't know who Chris Finch is this uh the assistant coach for the Raptors you can probably shed more light on that I don't, and they signed him to a multi-year deal so he's going to be there for hopefully a while but I don't know if that's enough to, to sort of right the ship
0: yeah uh, I definitely agree I mean they still need to do more and again that's a testament to the inability to put the organization in into a good position. I mean, like it all starts off from the, from the front office, right? If the front office guys can't get their heads out of their, you know, you know, what's, I mean, the organization will have no direction. So as for Chris Finch, I mean, he was known to be an offensive savant back with um, some of the leagues in, in the UK. And he made his way to becoming an assistant coach with the New Orleans Pelicans that really opened up some of their offenses uh, over the last few years. And then made his way to Toronto when Nate Bjorken, uh, who was the assistant coach of the Toronto Raptors, took the head coaching gig in Indianapolis. So, so far he's been doing pretty fine. I mean, he kind of has the same mold as Nick Nurse in terms of the the coaching career of being known overseas and kind of having that long, illustrious career dealing with like lower level teams and finally being able to get his opportunity to crack into the NBA landscape. And I'm happy for him. I mean, you know, when you see guys that are in the game, just not the NBA, but in the game of basketball for like 20 plus years in coaching, regardless of what league, you know, it's, it's, it's quite impressive. And I feel like those guys need to be rewarded. You know, they, they've they earned their stripes. They've done their job. And I feel like it's a, it's a point to uh, show uh, what they can do on the next level. When it comes to Minnesota and what they can do with Chris Finch as of right now, it's hard to tell. I need to see all the players on the floor first and... Uh, gather the chemistry i still think it's going to be about a year or two until they can start getting to the level like sacramento is right now right below the playoffs i mean they can sneak into the playing tournament but i feel like they won't be able to get any success at least in the next couple years they got to really build that foundation so we'll see what
1: happens when when do we think we start hearing carl anthony town trade rumors i think soon i think this off season to be honest i do too I know he got to play with his boy, D'Angelo Russell, and that was his, but they haven't been able to stay on the court together. I don't think D'Angelo Russell's worth, you know, I, I know they're friends, sure, but I don't think as a player D'Angelo Russell's worth staying around in Minnesota, a rudderless Minnesota, you know, no sense of direction, another new head coach, and they just had a new GM and a couple of years ago. So, like, I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns, are you, next, are you the next one up in, in this, you know, trade rumor sweepstakes here?
0: I doubt it. He's probably going to get the Kevin Garnett syndrome soon and
1: call his way out. I think so too. And you know who to call. Coach Thibbs He's waiting for you. With that said, that will lead to our final question, which is
0: (laughs) pretty hurting to say the least on my side. In light of what has probably been the nastiest dunk we've seen in years, we won't name names as we don't mock the dead. Lord have mercy. Okay. (laughs) It was Anthony Edwards violating Utah Watanabe with the most vicious dunk I've seen in a while. With that said, we wanted to go back down memory lane and talk about the craziest dunk we've ever seen. So for me, I got two. The first one was when I was younger, I remember a dunk that was so astonishing at the time. And to me, being a little troll that I am, I was so fathomed over the Sean Kemp dunk over... Alton Lister of the Golden State Warriors when Sean Kemp received a pass at the three-point line and then began to gather speed and Tomahawk postered Alston Liston and after he completed the dunk he couldn't let it go to the point where he decided to point at him directly in laughter for being dunked on with two hands with two (laughs) fingers not one two fingers
1: the ultimate disrespect (laughs) I found that quite hilarious to say the least how about you Oh my God. So, so let me preface it. I brought this this topic up because as soon as my boy Yuta Watanabe, may God rest his soul, was completely baptized by Anthony Edwards, I thought to myself, I need to ask what the craziest poster was that you've ever seen. And I had fun rewatching all of these posters. I think I watched just, just maybe a hundred dunks over the last two days. And I came up, I kept thinking, you know, maybe I want to pick one that's in the past and a retro one. But it came down to DeAndre Jordan just completely obliterating Brandon Knight. I just kept coming back to that one. Every time (laughs) I'd look at other dunks, Vince Carter on Alonzo was up there. A couple of Blake Griffin, but just the dis... When we're talking poster, we're talking disrespect. I mean, DeAndre Jordan getting up in the air. And kudos, kudos to Brandon Knight for trying to go up against a seven-footer. I will never ever make fun of someone for playing defense. I'm I'm a defensive guy. I like when guys stand up and 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 try to defend and you know what for the risk of getting uh you know getting posterized But man, that was the wrong decision that day. Cause Brandon Knight has never been the same since. I don't think he's in the league right now. Just he killed, he destroyed his career. And I don't know if that's going to happen with our boy Utah, but I mean, if it happened to Brandon Knight, it could happen to anyone. That to me is the craziest, just nastiest dunk on someone I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. I don't think Brandon Knight has made a layup ever since he got posterized by DeAndre
1: Jordan. (laughs) He might be on a milk carton somewhere. I don't know where he is at this point. And he was, he was a aspiring young career and that, that dang DeAndre Jordan just completely ended that for him. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh the the other one
0: that I had was quite obvious to say the least. It was the Vince Carter iconic dunk of death at the two thousand Olympic Games against France, where he dunked fully, like I mean fully cleared over a seven foot two player, Frederick Wace. And and, yeah, okay, Vice, whatever. He's still scrubbed, you know. The one thing I like to point out is uh very important to me to say the least that Vince Carter was a current Raptor at the time, and Frederick Weiss was a Knicks draft pick. So I just want to end it off at there.
1: Yo, you bugging? You know what? I knew you were going to say that, and I knew as soon as you brought up <laughs> Frederick Weiss, you were going to bring up that he was he was he was drafted by the Knicks. He never played for the Knicks, and thankfully he didn't because and <laughs> Carter ended his career before it ever started.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt let's just all say a prayer to Utah Watanabe and hopefully he can, he can recover from this because uh me, me being a Raptors fan, I don't know if someone can recover mentally from this, but we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. I blame Aaron Baines for moving out of the way.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he made a business decision.
1: Made a business <laughs> let's not, let's not
0: uh, knock him down for it. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up run Dat. Uh Let's talk about our AO moment of the week.
1: AO, hey, what the f-
0: my AO moment of the week actually goes out to these sensitive-ass refs who ruin great games. Last Saturday, I tuned into the Warriors-Hornets game as I got a close game alert as the Warriors were up two with 11 seconds left. There was a jump ball between Brad Wanamaker of the Golden State Warriors and Lamella Ball of the Hornets, and the ball was loose, and as Gordon Hayward dived for the ball, Draymond Green simultaneously dived as well, respectfully. And both were fighting for possession. The ref whistles Hornets' timeout, and that just set Draymond Green the hell off. And as a result, he got attacked. And I can see why. When you look at it in real time, it didn't look like Hayward had possession. But in slow motion, you can kind of see that he was able to have possession over the first couple seconds of getting the ball. Due to the nature of the game and how high leverage it was, Draymond was furious with the call, and rightfully so at the time. And the ref simply took offense to Draymond's reaction and threw a second tack and was ejected with nine seconds left. So let me just recap. The Warriors were up two with 11 seconds left and Draymond Green just got a double tack. Meaning the Hornets get two free throws with the clock stopped and as a result they tie the game plus they get the possession from the timeout that Gordon Hayward called. And that ultimately led towards Terry Rozier's buzzer beating shot to win the game. And even with that, he low key carried. It was just such a mess of an
1: ending, like it was unbelievable. I don't know. What did you think? Were you able to catch that game? I I caught it because I'm I'm rooting against the Hornets. Obviously, this is a tight Eastern Conference race. And last time I checked that game, the Hornets uh, the Warriors were up by like eight with like two minutes to go. And then I, I check back and I see that they've won. That the Hornets have won by two. First thing I do is go to Twitter and I saw, and I'm like. Is that really how this is going to end? Draymond has gotten ejected from the Knicks game that I watched, and he didn't deserve it. And now he gets ejected again. Uh, he gets a double technical this time. Didn't deserve it. I mean, it's the, these, these refs are very soft. I think it's a lot of these young refs. Uh, I, I'd hazard to say rookie refs. And they look at Draymond, they know his track record, they know what kind of guy he is, they know he talks a lot, and they just they don't swallow their whistle. You got to swallow your whistle at that point, man. It's a close Especially game. in that point of the game. Yes, yeah, I agree with you. It's a close game. It's, it's it's there's playoff implications for both teams. It's not an obvious call. It's not like he said something ridiculous. Come on, guys. Come on. I'm fully team Draymond on, on, on this, especially when it comes to these the game press conferences where he kind of lays into the league, fine him, great. But let him speak his mind because I agree with everything he's saying. It's ridiculous.
0: It's obvious what's being done out here. It's a nightly basis. I hope the world can see now what's really going on out here because it's getting ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Yeah, no doubt. So let's just hope these refs are able to clean this thing up because sooner rather than later, I don't want this to impact a playoff game like the way it did. So...
1: With that said, what is your AM of the week? Yeah, mine is um, mine comes out of the Denver Nuggets Washington Wizards game. So I'm I, I I'd like to to think I'm a I'm a WWE fan, right? I I like wrestling. You know, it it's something I've I've always watched, kind of like with basketball. And I watched this Wizards uh, Nuggets game, and I saw something. I thought I was actually watching WWE because. Uh, Facundo or Facundo Campazo. I can't pronounce his name. He's an Argentin- uh, yes. Argentinian player, I believe, goes up mm. for a three pointer, and uh, a guy by the name of Garrison Matthews on the uh, Washington Wizards proceeds to spear him like Goldberg, like Roman Reigns, like Edge, whoever you are, <laughs> He spears him out of midair, and just knocks him completely out cold. Oh my God! And guess what? Compazzo still hits the three, four-point play. Legend. How are we talking about Draymond Green getting a double technical? And this man did not get a flagrant seven for that. He speared him out of midair, could have broken his leg, took him completely out, was not looking like he just just straight steamrolled him. And the guy, legend, still made the three-pointer, didn't complain about it, and... Matthew stayed in, the, like, he didn't get booted. I'm like, I'm watching. I don't know how many times I rewatched his highlight, just trying to understand how the refs did not kick him out of the game for this. Like, it was so reckless. It was so violent. It was so nasty. It was
0: not a basketball play.
1: Let's <laughs> just talk about like that. <laughs> it wasn't a basketball play. It was a football play at that point, man. And he just took him out, reckless abandon. And hey, listen, the fact that he made the three, kudos to, to Complazo, but. That's ridiculous, man. That's that my AO. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you can't let that happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. But oh, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to get speared while shooting a three. That's for sure. Or else I'm scrapping. I know that for a fact.
1: Oh, it's it's. I'm I'm surprised Nikola Jokic didn't square up with this guy. But hey, listen, better better men than us. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah, for real. All right, so that wraps up AO moment of the week. Let's head on over to games of the week. I love this (laughs) game! My game of the week is going to occur on Sunday, February 28th, the Clippers and Bucks. The Bucks have been struggling as of late and finally snapped their five-game losing skid. Kudos to the Raptors. With the win over the Oklahoma City Thunder, they hope to get Drew Holiday back, which sets up for an absolute showdown against PG, Kawhi, and company. I'm really looking forward to catching this game. How about you, Yazin?
1: Man, that's that's definitely gonna be one. Um I picked the game not based off of team matchup but of individual matchup. Uh and it's the Pelicans against the Bucks because I wanna see Giannis go one on one with Zion, two completely really different players, uh, you know, different skill sets, different body types. I just wanna see them hang and bang down there and and, and really oh, go that's at it. Awesome. And, yeah, just watch him. I mean, this could be, like, the present and the future of this league. You know, uh, big guys, not necessarily three-point shooters. Like, this is a kind of old-school matchup that I like to see. Uh, and, I, and I want to see Zion prove himself. You know, we've talked about his historic year this year. I want to see him keep it up. So that's my game of the week, those two going at it.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to both of these games. Now let's head on over to Blog Boy Talk. So
1: all your blog boys and fanboys boys that's going to use everything I say and
0: create an article, yeah. watch a basketball game. How about you write that? All right. So we got two questions that we want to touch up lightly real quick. The first question is actually regarding the Raptors. What are the Raptors going to do with the trade deadline? Are they going to rebuild or retool? And frankly, uh, in my opinion, I personally think that they're limited as to the avenues to improve their roster. I mean, they're tight on the cap. And also the East to me is fairly wide open. So with that said, I still think the Raptors will still ride the wave with the guys and see what happens. Because outside of the net, I mean, the East is wide open. The Bucks are kind of suspect. The Sixers, you know, they have their limitations. You know, and every everyone else is fair game to be honest. So let's just see what the Raptors can do with this small ball lineup. I think I think they're going to be suitors within the buyout market. But in terms of trade, I feel like. If they were to get someone that can benefit them, that means that they would have to subtract a player that is productive on their side. And I don't think it's going to be beneficial on on their behalf, considering the fact that they're able to surge into fifth in the East. So, yeah, I think they're going to stand pat. What
1: do you think? Yeah, I I agree. I I don't think they can really make a move right now without sacrificing someone, without sacrificing Norm Powell or or Stanley Johnson. And you're right, the East is still really competitive. They still have kind of the bulk of their team put together. Uh, they're going to need a new center because their last one just perished in a in a horrible dunk. Um, and you know, so that, I mean, other than that, like there's not much that they can do without sacrificing kind of their core. So I don't think they rebuild or retool. I think they just kind of stand pat as well. And Lowry's off the books next year, um, so that's going to give them some flexibility to see what they can do. Right now, you can't really do anything. Kind of like you said, you kind of wait, ride out the wave a little bit, and see how it goes, uh, and, and try to compete with what you got. So I think you know they stay exactly where they are, and maybe pick up you know a, a guy here. That maybe you know they pick up someone like Demarcus Cousins. Who knows? But it's going to be someone very cheap.
0: Hmm. Which is interesting that you mention him because that is the second question as the Marcus Cousins have been released by the Houston Rockets and is now a free agent. As you can see, I mean, he's proven to a certain degree that he's able to be a serviceable big, despite suffering a torn Achilles and a torn ACL over the last two years. And there's, there's a ton of teams that are looking to acquire his services. So where do you think is going to be a good landing spot for Boogie?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't... Everyone is kind of talking about the, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers, and I don't see the Lakers making much sense for them. Um for him rather. Actually for both sides, you know, they really yeah, no. I mean, the Lakers got uh, you know, Marcus All in free agency and you know, despite him not being like amazing by any means, but uh I don't think Boogie really has a fit there. Even the Clippers too. Like I, I don't I don't see him really having that much of a, a fit. I think he can still kind of ball out a little bit. I mean he's kinda showed flashes of it this year. he's He's healthy, which is always good. Um, you know, the Raptors definitely up there. I definitely think, uh, you know, this is your dream come true, but five years too late. Uh, um, oh, you know, oh yeah, Zayn Demarcus Cousins in a Raptors uniform. I think he comes east. Uh, there's a lot more suitors there in the East. Uh, you know, the Raptors, the Celtics, uh, you know, teams like that. Who, who the the Hornets could definitely use a guy like him, assuming that he can stay relatively healthy and, you know, relatively productive. Uh, I think it's going to be one of these Eastern Conference contenders.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, The only thing with the Lakers that I see that could work out is the fact that when he signed there last year, he, he had unfinished business, obviously, since he got hurt before the season began. But I think he can help with the additional size to the squad as AD's health is usually always in question. And I feel like it may be beneficial for him to you know take on some of that workload as ad can take his time getting back to health and then you can rely on boogie more than gasol because he's more than capable to give you a bucket although gasol probably offers more on the table when it comes to basketball iq and defense but gasol he's on his latter half of his career and he's kind of treading towards a retirement route so that and then that leaves harrell right harrell he's an undersized big and you can never go wrong with adding an additional big and obviously his familiarity with that Lakers squad, I feel like would be beneficial as for uh, the other team. Like I mentioned, the Toronto Raptors struggling with production from the five spot as Chris Boucher is currently the lone bright spot thus far in the season. I feel like DeMarcus cousins can somewhat bring another element of toughness that's missing from this position as well as a scoring prowl, because anything is an upgrade to Aaron Baines, in my opinion. So I think those are the two teams that I think that may have a chance, but I don't think it's going to be from the trading market. It's probably going to be through a buyout.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think that the, the Rockets will be able to pry anything out of anyone for, for DeMarcus cousins. I think he'll, he'll get bought out and be free to sign wherever for a minimum deal. And yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it, you know, I don't know how he fits in with the Lakers with Harrell and AD and, and, and Gasol and all those guys. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I hope the best for him. I mean, we're we, you and I are both the Marcus Cousins fans. Like we we like his how real he is and, you know, how hard he's worked. And, you know, we want to see he got a ring with the Lakers technically, albeit he didn't really play for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy for him to just kind of continue his career. And uh, we thought the wall Cousins reunion would last a little longer, but it didn't. And you know, here we are now. So there's going to be another. There's going to be a market for him. We'll just have to wait and see where he goes. Agreed. So that wraps up our episode. Once again,
0: thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe to our podcast, GamePoint Pod on IG and GamePoint Pod underscore on Twitter. We are both on Spotify and Apple platforms. Once again, add reviews if you can. That'll be greatly appreciated. The one thing I want to say is again, this is our tenth episode. We couldn't have done it without you listeners. We really appreciate all the feedback and all the reviews and all the comments and likes and follows that you're able to add over the course of the last two months. And we're looking forward to producing as much content to you as possible and making yourselves heard. You know, that's why we have segments like BlogBoy Talk and others to get the listeners more engaged and, you know, stand out as that podcast to be the voice of the people. So once again, I really appreciate it. And Yazin, yes, is there anything you'd like
1: to add as well? Yeah, keep the constructive criticism coming. Good, bad, indifferent. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If I talk too much, let me know. If, you know, if 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 there's too much Knicks talk on here, well, sorry. You know, this is my podcast. I'm going to talk about the Knicks all I want. Just you know, get us to 100 followers on on Instagram. Let people know about us. We, we we're 10 episodes in. That's an achievement in and of itself. We, you know, we're, we're not looking back like this is real. We, we want to do this. We want to be the voice of, of you guys. So we want to keep hearing from you. Anything you guys think you'd like to hear, talk about change, always message us. We're always, our DMs are open, slide right in. Uh, we want to make this for you and as enjoyable for you as possible. And we're going to get more interactive the more we, the more we grow and the, the more kinks we work out. So we do appreciate it. Yeah, we love all your support. So with that said, we'll end it off. That's game.